Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Metal Men number 20. Cover date, June-July 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. Edited by Robert Kaniger. Featuring Birthday Cake for a Cannibal Robot. Written by Robert Kaniger. Art by Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. And The Brave and the Bold number 66. Cover date, June-July 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Ramona Freyden and Charles Paris. Edited by George Cashton. Featuring Wreck the Renegade Robots. Written by Bob Haney. Art by Mike Sikowski and Mike Esposito. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Magnus and the Metal Men gather the pieces of the Bolt's robot and take them to Doc's lab. While working on the robot, Doc is swallowed as the robot is really under remote control by Dr. Yes, a robot twin of Egg Foo. Meanwhile, Metamorpho approaches Doc Magnus for help in curing his condition as the Element Man. Doc sends the Metal Men to gather materials necessary to complete the cure. But while gathering snake venom, Lead is attacked by Professor Borean, who implants a device in Lead that will give him control of the Metal Men. Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Well, 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 look who's here. I haven't seen you in many a year. How'd you do? 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 If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Bake the cake, bake the cake. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. Hot you do, hot you do, hot you do. Had you dropped me a letter, I'd have hired a band. Grandest band in the land. Had you dropped me a letter, I'd have hired a band to spread the welcome mat for you. You know what I miss? What do you miss? I miss the days when people would just bake giant three or four layer cakes. Just, you know, Tuesday night, let's have cake for dessert. Oh, yes. And the mother would slice it and, like, give you a piece of cake as big as your head. Yes. My mother never did that. We never had cake in the house. You never had cake in the house? Uh, on birthdays. Only maybe. on birthdays. Yeah. yeah. We only had it on birthdays. But, you know, um, I do like when you go to a, a diner or something and you see the, the dessert case oh, yeah. and, and those giant cakes. Oh, and that's, I mean, I love uh, a good piece of uh, carrot cake, you know, uh-huh. with all the, the dried nuts and fruits inside of it and the carrots and the, oh it's just the best well all those things you just named are the devil's creation i know but isn't it funny you want to have a lot of similar interests in food but you and i do not share similar tastes no in desserts. no vegetables do not belong in cake 
Oh, it's delicious. It's really good. It's the spices and the vegetables together. Oh, and the moistness no, uh, and the buttercream frost. Well, no, the, the cream cheese frosting is the best. Yeah, it's good. I'll take the frosting. Hold the cake. But speaking of cakes, we've got a birthday cake for Cannibal Robot yes. on the cover of Metal Men. And it, it looks like a delicious, beautiful, pink frosted cake. Uh-huh. Too bad it's full of racism. <laughs> it, it, it certainly is. Featuring what may be the farewell appearance of the unique Metal Men. We should only, only be so lucky. Um, our villain today is Dr. Yes, who is a twin sibling. Uh, are they twins or cousins? Tw- uh, they're brothers. They're okay. twins. Twin I, I think... brother of uh, Egg Fu. Who debuted in Wonder Woman number 157, also written by Robert Kaniger. Mm-hmm. Um, egg Fu was a Chinese communist agent perplexingly shaped like an egg the size of a house. And his brother, Dr. Yes, of course, that's a parody of James Bond's villain, Dr. Dr. No. no. Uh, egg Fu used his mustaches as whips against his enemies. Whips. I don't believe Dr. Yes uses his mustache much. Yes, he does. Does he? Okay. Well, he will in this, in this uh, issue. Um, it's you. Like his brother, Egg Fu, Dr. Yes speaks in a terribly racist speech pattern, which involves flipping your L's and your R's. Yes. <laughs> That's it is embarrassing. how you knew he was Chinese. It is embarrassing to read. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, and I... Did yell out loud several times when I, I was reading it. Do I you remember. Heard you. Yes. Yeah. And of course, since they're Chinese, they're both colored sallow yellow yeah. and have buck teeth. But remember, this is also the 1960s, so we're still dealing with an American sentiment. Well, I mean, we are now, even today, but a very popularized, uh, widely spread, widely held American sentiment of anti-communism. So, right. um, you know, the, the Iron Curtain, of course, hasn't fallen yet in history. Right. It will be many years before that happens. So um, it's, it's obviously conceived of. And and thought of quite differently in this time. Every time that we go back well, in these comics and we and we, we explore ideas of racism or we explore ideas of sexism and such, we have to remember the context in which they were written, um, which is why we approach them in the way that we do. However, yes, at the time that this comic was written, Chinese uh, natives and immigrants and second and third generation people of Chinese descent, had been part of American society for more than 100 years. Oh, yeah, this is an absolute racist par- uh, racist portrayal, yes. Let's not sugarcoat that at all, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it's a reflection of the yellow peril, which is a racist color metaphor that misrepresents the peoples of East Asia as an existential danger to the Western world. As a psychocultural menace from the Eastern world, fear of the yellow peril is racial, not national, a fear derived not from concern with a specific source of danger or from any one people or country, but from a vaguely ominous existential fear of the faceless, nameless hordes of yellow people opposite the Western world. As a form of xenophobia, the yellow terror is fear of the oriental non-white other a racialist fantasy presented in the book The Rising Tide of Color Against White World Supremacy, published in 1920, written by Lothrop Stoddard. That That's just off the top of my head. Did you have anything to add? Uh, uh, no, Bob, you said it all. Thanks. Can I get one Twitchy Curtains report? Yes, please. Duke is, uh, the, the neighbor's basset hound, uh-huh. is sunning himself in the yard. He is happy as can be, and um, just want to let you know. Cutest basset hound I've 
oh, second cutest basset hound I've ever seen. Steinway is, of course, probably yes. the cutest basset hound. Thank you for your careful reporting. You're welcome. Um, on the splash page, we have a roll call of the Metal Men. Doc Magnus, of course, their creator leader. Tina, a.k.a. Oh. Platinum. Mercury, gold, lead, iron, tin, and nameless, who's also made of tin. Yeah. Um, Egg Fu, we read, the oriental mastermind so powerful that it took not one but two issues of Wonder Woman, two the mighty issues. Amazon, to destroy him, has a robot twin who is so eerie that when the celebrated metal men battle him, they wind up in a birthday cake for a cannibal robot. Foolish lobots. Dr. Yes says, trying to battle me, Dr. Yes. Well, it's not consistent because uh, he should have been foolish lobots. Oh, he catches himself later on and actually corrects what he says. I missed that. Or I would have been screaming aloud as well. Yeah. Um, So, like everyone else in America, the metal men are enthralled by TV's latest sensation. How weird is it that they're watching Batman on television? I actually was reading about this. So, for most of this uh, run, the metal men seem to exist in their own universe, devoid of other DC characters. So, Oh, but that's going to be covered in our second issue, isn't it? Although they did team up with other people in... The pages of The Brave and the Bold. Okay, okay. Wow. Um, so they are indeed, yes, watching the Batman 1966 television show, which was new at this time. But if they do exist in the DC Universe, then they know Batman and Robin's secret identities because they just watched it on TV and referred to them as Bruce and Dick. But of course, that's millionaires. I was... Screen. That was lost on me. Really? Oh, my God. That is a little... Strange little realization there. They are indeed DC characters reading, uh, watching a DC-based character television show, and they know the secret identities. Right. Wow. So I guess we could surmise that perhaps the Metal Men exist on the same earth as uh, Bob Hope, Cherry Lewis, and the Inferior Five and that crowd. That in, in actuality, in their world... Um, Batman and Robin are just fictionalized crime fighters. Yes. Not really existing. Right. Wow. Uh, but anyway. That's unusual. I mean, uh, it's unusual for something to see something like that and then for uh, to, that to escape me because I usually catch the little things like that, you know, because you have a tendency to skim. I have a tendency to, to scour. Right. With, <laughs> with anger. Unfortunately, there are TV watchers in other parts of the world, too. Mm -hmm. As one day, from behind the bamboo curtain, Dr. Yes. He's watching a big screen monitor, like what you'd see at a stadium. Well, it's probably some kind of a Chinese knockoff lexophone. Or rexophone. Rexophone. No, you'll see here in a minute. Um, So, Dr. Yes has been spying on the... Please forgive the dog barking in the background. There's Amazon Prime trucks up one and, side of the street and, and down uh, the other. Postal Service Prime trucks. Apparently, like, everybody's just ordering and ordering. Well, what else are we going to do? We can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. Unless okay. we live in Florida. Um, so, Dr. Yes is observing the metal men as they clean up the uh, detritus from a previous battle. Mm-hmm. Now, this robot actually did appear in a previous issue of Metal Man that was before the Go-Go Check era. Okay. A giant robot from Bolts, 
which was an acronym name, which they never defined what the acronym stood for. Was it like B-O-L-T-Z or B-O-L-T-S? S. Yeah, okay. With a period after each of those. Yeah, so probably like big old, like... Large, traitorous... Traitorous... Spies. Yeah, good. Yes. Um... Now, the robot... By the way, listeners, we were literally staring at each other's lips trying to read what we were going to say. <laughs> the robot was defeated because it fell in love with Nameless. And Nameless... What? Yeah. And Nameless climbed up onto an electrified fence to kiss the giant robot, and it electrified him, and he burst into pieces. I'm stunned. Why are you stunned? That anyone would fall in love with Nameless? Not that she could have defeated the robot, because, I mean, it takes a lot to defeat this robot. Well, apparently all he had to do was electrify it. Are you going to speak that upper right, upper right panel of the first page? Uh, no. Okay. It's, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Did you want me to? I was just curious how, if you'd be able to get through it. No. Okay. Uh, I can't get past the first two words, that riddle. Oh. Old mad scientist. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, um, so, Tin... Yes. Changes himself into a giant vacuum cleaner to clean up the uh, detritus of the expired robot. Um, and he sucks the, the, he, the, the, the suction part of the vacuum cleaner is his anus. Yeah. I, he, I would have rethought that if I were. I would have made his mouth robot. the yeah, suction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so Tin is sucking up the remains of this giant robot from bolts. Mm hmm. Doc Magnus calls the uh, jet away. Now, the metal men have a flying saucer, which I knew, but I didn't, have never seen it called the jet away. Okay. Cool, I cool, just, cool. Yeah, I just thought that was... Uh, and, and, and Tin is, is absolutely enormous. Well, he's stuffed full of giant yeah. robot now, yes. So Tin and the other metal men pile into the... Jetaway is that what it's Jetaway. 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 Not before Tina does some lovesick oh, sobbing over Doc, who uh, will not admit that she has emotions. Why doesn't he rewrite her programming? Well, I mean, I mean, the I, way are, he are talk- young men who are reading this actually amused by this simpering, whimpering female robot? I, I don't know. I'm not young. You, but you can you can imagine what it was like to read this in the sixties. Are they really just amused by it, or, or is it, does it reinforce some sort of uh, feelings of male superiority to have a simpering, whimpering female robot always interjecting in a, in a state of heightened anxiety? Uh, perhaps I would imagine that the writers of this era thought that they were writing comics for 8 to 12 year olds and so the oh. attitude was yuck girls yeah i don't know hmm. because this is i mean we've seen this kind of thing in other comics but this is over the top it is over the top yeah um uh so doc you know teen as usual routine how can you treat me like i'm just a rag doll i have feelings and doc manu says no you don't have feelings. Robots can't cry. I ought to know. I invented you. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they fly off with the remains of the robot. They dump the remains of the robot back at their headquarters. And uh, they decide that their uh, Doc Magnus is going to take the robot inside and put his own responsimeter 
inside the robot, so it will serve the cause of good. I'm so glad you are literally skipping over three separate, uh, two separate episodes of Tina crying. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I'm you. Just, uh, Thank no, you. I'm just going to ignore it because uh, I believe in her agency. Okay. Uh, so Doc puts a no admittance sign on his lab and gets to work. Oh, you, we have to say, by the way, that um, Dr. Yes is watching everything that's happening oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. He, has, uh, he has put a tiny transistor and a camera inside the robot that they have vacuumed up and then brought back to headquarters. Right? Right. To the lab. At uh, that moment, able to see and hear everything that happens to his metallic Goliath because of hidden miniature TV equipment inside it. A neat click, click, Doc Magnus, if you could do it. But let us see what Dr. Yes has in store for you, Yes. Um, so, yeah, Doc Magnus is going to try to get the control of the robot so it can lead the Metal Men to its creator and they can defeat him. That is the plan. But in part two of the Metal Men, in the a birthday cake for a cannibal robot, we get introduced to a little twist. Yes. The decapitated head of the giant robot is still active mm-hmm. and it swallows Doc Magnus. Sucks him I right guess in. it doesn't swallow because there's... Just the head, so it just traps, just traps him inside, him inside his mouth. mouth. Yep. Yep. As the genius inventor topples like a human antipasto inside the cannibal robot, he says, <laughs> "Doctor Yes says I'm going to say this because I want to to say I want to, the 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 listeners to know exactly how horrible this is and what the authors have written in here." So yes. he, so Doctor Yes says, "Rooks Reich, I Doctor Yes have the rast raff on you, Doctor Magnus." Then it says, translation, "Translation looks like I have the last laugh on you, Doctor Magnus." And then it continues. I can still direct my lobot by remote control to do my bidding, as wrong as a single part of him is still intact. By the way, it should have been stir intact. Uh, right. Yeah. And it should have also been remote control. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just, I hate this. <laughs> well, so we're going, meanwhile, as the hours pass, it. right? What? As the hours pass. Um, I was going to say, you know, I'm sorry. I will only read one more um, of his dialogues because he actually corrects himself in his mispronunciation of R's and L's. I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Remember uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, the Chinese restaurant, which uh, had the marquee out front, which said Chinese Chinese takey Audi. Yeah. Did we ever eat any food from there? No. Um, and I will eat some garbage Chinese food. You I will eat some garbage. We would not. We would there. not patronize that restaurant. No. Me. We found. Out, we just found the, the the name of the restaurant to be so offensive. We said we're not going to eat there. Not quite as offensive as Mister Poon's Chinese <laughs> in Orlando, but no, no Bill Wong's. You mean no Bill Wong's was good. Oh my God, Bill no Mister Poon's <gasps> was a uh, drive. Do you remember drive the egg rolls at Bill Wong's? Yes, they, were they were absolutely the divine. Burned, so they would be you know not fried. burned yucky, but no, no, like, like singed, singed, uh, char, char, char. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, charred yeah, yeah, on yeah. the edge with some cinnamon. They were divine. It was down there, right by Wet and Wet Wild. Wild. I don't yeah. think it's there anymore. No, no, neither is Wet and Wild. I guess. Oh, really? I, I believe Wet and Wild's closed. Oh well, good riddance. Meanwhile, as the hours passed, here comes one of those human bean poles. Doc's always wasting his time with. <laughs> uh, yes. A real lady walks into a the lab. human being. Sachets, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to cut for a jib. Now, Tina's a curvy gal, as she was created to be by mm-hmm. Doc Magnus. I wonder why he didn't just create her in the form of the, these bean poles that he seems to like. Mm-hmm. This is the era of the twig, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
the branch and the, the branch, the tree. <laughs> it's sticky and twiggy. The twig. Um, <laughs> so uh, Mercury makes a smart remark, and Tina smacks him and knocks so him hard into she knocks him into globules. <laughs> she smacks him liquid. <laughs> Do you think we can make that catch on? I don't I'm going to so. smack you liquid. Oh, I tried to start a phrase last week, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, I don't either. You and I were going to make a new exclamation of something we saw two of you. Well, um, one of you robots run to Doc and remind him be absent, and remind that absent-minded inventor that he's got a date to take me to dinner and the theater, and it's getting late. Tina, <laughs> what is she? She scream at her or smack her? Well, she screams at her. Well, she stretches her head out and oh, yeah. screams at her in her face. Um, so they chase this broad off and, uh, Tina goes, sneaks into the lab to find Doc, but she can't find him. So she assumes that he has snuck out to go on his date. To go on a date. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the The whole group enters into the the room and they see the head. And it's moving and it's burping and making noise. So the metal men decide. Because Dr. Magnus is inside. Right. They are going to rebuild the robot for Doc Magnus. Obviously. So that he'll be impressed and love Tina. Yeah. Um, Dr. Yes is still observing the whole scene. Mm -hmm. Um, They assemble the robot and it starts. Its come, individual parts now start coming to life. And start attacking them. So I think that um, Tin and Nameless do such a clever thing. Well, yeah, Don't you? Well, they turn themselves into giant stapling staplers. And they staple down one of the arms and one of the legs to the floor. However, yeah. where do the staples come from? They're, is this bits of their bodies that they're leaving behind? Well, when you know when Iron turns himself into a tank later on, where did where do the wheels come from? Well, I I would imagine he's just like uh, it's like a transformer situation where he's just creating like the axle and everything is all part of his form. So your what your problem is not necessarily where they're coming from; it's the fact that they're leaving parts of themselves yeah. behind. Yeah. Because we know that robots don't eat, except for so they don't have waste matter when the robot eats a giant piece of cake. But but they convert themselves into objects that far outweigh the actual mass and uh, that they occupy. Yes. So there's got to be some sort of scientific trickery or or magic magic happening there. Well, this is science. There's no magic involved. Oh, there's no magic involved in science. Uh, No, famously, science is devoid of magic. I'm trying to think very hard of, from my limited knowledge of the comics world where science and magic come together. Dr. Strange? Yes. He was a surgeon. Yes. And does everything that he do, is it all just magic? Well, everything that he does that's magic, yes, is magic. Oh. You know what? This is a losing battle for me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, for the second time in two pages, Mercury gets smashed into tomato pulp. Oh, poor guy. Um, until he's saved by Tina. See? Tina can do stuff. She's not just own. a simpering, whimpering thing. She just wants things. And then, so what do they decide? They're going to go inside the, the brain of the robot and change its um, response meter. Yeah. So, uh, iron turns into a giant scalpel, which gold goes in, and uh, they do a little surgery on the robot brain. They're going to replace its responsimeter. 
Except what they don't know is... The actual response meter is in the heel of the robot. Yeah. Um, So they're replacing a dummy response meter that they think is going to give them control of the robot. It's not, Rob, because Dr. Yes is still watching everything they're doing, and he has remote control of the robot. He does. So the robot is pieced back together. Mm-hmm. The metal men think they're in control, and so they... Are giving it commands, but, of course, because Dr. Yes is listening, he's giving the robot the same commands right. to have them believe that they are actually in control of the robot. So they order the robot to take them to the Twistin' Gorilla, which is where Doc usually takes his skinny <laughs> string bean dates. <laughs> Twistin' Gorilla. When Tina's got a plan. When Doc sees that we've rebuilt the robot, he'll reach for another robot. Me. Mm-hmm. She's a regular Lois Lane with her schemes to get a husband. So in the streets, men, women, and children who are thrilled to the metalman's first titanic battle against the mammoth enemy robot cheer with pride as... So the robot is coming down the street uh-huh. with the metalman riding on its head, right. all waving to their adoring fans. Right, 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 right. And someone suggests... There's someone yells out, hi, Nameless, I sent in a name for you, Tintin. To whom? Oh, so in the letter pages, they were asking readers to send in suggestions for Nameless's name. Right. So in that one bubble, we get a sense that these people in the streets read a comic about the metalmen. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on to that thought, because okay. something's going to happen here later on right, that I just makes you go, oh, what? Um, now, this is an important setup. Gold says, listen to the kids in the street. Because the, the other crowd is like, the metal men are the greatest. They're like Yankee Doodle Davids. We can always count on them defending America. Um, and Gold says, listen to the kids. They're the future of our country. We must never fail them. No matter what happens to us, we must never disappoint them. Never cause them to lose their faith in us. Mink. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. at the what is it? The gorilla, something. The twisting gorilla, where uh, we have dancers in, in cages in, in gorilla, gorilla suits, suits, which has got to be uncomfortable. And I didn't even notice the band before. Look, the band, they're all the in bands, gorilla suits. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm and actually, they're not actually in gorilla suits because gorillas don't have tails. Those are monkeys. <sighs> Good catch. Mm-hmm. Um, I am against the idea of dancing girls in cages, but I would go to this club to see these women in monkey suits twisting and frogging. That reminds me of that Beast Boy. I was going to say that. I didn't know if you wanted to bring that up. But are we going to turn this episode blue? It doesn't we never blue. saw him. No, we never saw him. We just were aware at a former institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we taught, there was a young man. I think, was he a dance major? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, he was uh, a dancing boy at a gay bar club. A gay bar. Well, but he wasn't I'm sure gay. Welcomed all time. No, yeah. he was not gay. But um, but he had a he had a really fine body, very very developed. Yes, and apparently um, was uh, her suit. Yes. So his dancer name was Beast Boy. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it. That's the whole story, folks. Yeah, that's it. We never, we never saw, saw it. it in person. We just heard about it. Anyway, the metal men have their own dances going on. 
Oh my god. <laughs> These dances the dancers are dazzled by the whirling robots as they all call out their different dance forms. The mercury blup. The tin can. The gold tooth. The lead pencil. The iron fist. The platinum ring. Now, these dances also involve transforming yourself into the thing that you're describing, which I'm not sure the normal dancer So I guess do. you just sort of make yourself into an object and jig about a bit and call it whatever you want. Hey, we have this friend mm-hmm. um, who's, uh, when he first met his husband-to-be, was at a 4th of July party with his <laughs> husband's I was family. wondering where you're going with this. I like this. <laughs> And so there was a little girl, um, you know, three, four years old, and they were watching the fireworks, and every time a firework went off, the little girl would say, I call that a frizzle dizzle, and mm-hmm. next firework, and I call that a dapper do. And a crickle crack. And, and uh, she, she would just name all the different yeah. fireworks, yeah. And, uh, As an annoying child would do. Right. Yeah. And at the point of annoyance, our friend said, hey, what do you call this one? And... Uh, Leaned over to the side. Audibly passed wind. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, the entire assemblage went quiet. And just stared at him. Just stared at him. (laughs) Well, it's been a long and happy partnership, so. It certainly has for them. Just goes to show you. And that's a really good story to demonstrate the the lightheartedness of those Mm -hmm. two, because they're two of the nicest people I know. Don't be afraid to be yourself. That's the message. Yeah. Um, So the metal men being cheered all over town after doing their dances. Um, they decide that they want to go to see the leader. Right. The maker of the robot. Right. Take us to your leader. Um, still unknown to the middlemen. Their every action is observed by a sinister spectator with ghoulish glee. So, uh, the well-wishers on the shore wish the metalmen... Luck as they are transported now across the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, presumably it's the Pacific th- Ocean. Yeah, I, th- I thought I was reading Doctor uh, Yes's dialogue because it's the thing's coming up soon. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that it's Doctor Yes's birthday, so it's time to recharge his batteries, which the uh, evil communist scientists are doing. Um, he knows that the metal men are on their way with his giant robot. Who strides across the ocean, then across... Oh, maybe they did go across the Atlantic, because now he's crossing the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. So he would be going from west to east. That's a long walk. Even if you are a, the size long. of a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The size of a skyscraper. That is quite a long walk, yes. They arrive at the enemy stronghold and find, to their surprise, a giant birthday cake awaiting. Yeah, and it's huge. I mean, it's... The metal men are... What, their life size? Yeah. And what, they place themselves as candles inside the birthday cake because they are assuming that it's for the inventor of the robot. And yeah. they, if they disguise themselves as candles, they can be taken into the birthday Yeah, like a Trojan horse situation. Um, so, unexpectedly, the giant robot now slices himself a piece of cake with tin and nameless as candles inside. Mm-hmm. And starts to eat it. Well, as he opens his mouth to take a bite of cake, out, out falls, falls Doc! Doc Magnus. Tina rescues him, and uh, off they tries go. Tries to kiss him. Uh, tries to kiss him, yeah. Uh, so the robot now, the giant robot now, is going to smash the metal men candles. 
And for the third time, Mercury is pulverized into droplets of uh, poisonous liquid metal. Did you ever take mercury out of something and roll it around in your hand? All the time. Yeah, how are we not They dead? gave it to us in school. They gave us a little sample mercury to roll around our desk to keep us occupied. <laughs> <laughs> how are we not dead? I don't know. And I'm sure I probably have mercury fillings because I'm that age. Yeah. So that's probably what's wrong with my brain. Um, in they are taken to Dr. Yes's sanctuary um is this what you were talking about what doc magnus says you are the robot twin of egg foo the oriental egghead wonder woman cracked up in wonder woman number 158 aren't you oh what page are you on 18 oh yes that's it that's it you're the robot twin of the of egg foo the oriental egg-headed wonder woman cracked up in wonder woman number 158 so they're reading Wonder Woman comics, but also Egg Fu is in is real to them. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. I would have expected that reference to be an editor's note. Right. But it's not. No. <laughs> what were we reading last week with all the editor's notes? Oh god, I don't even know. I don't even know if it was last week. It might have been two weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah. Here he is trapping them in his mustache and uh, scoops them all up and puts them in um, a machine that's going to affect their blains. <laughs> going uh, to give you a blain massage. Um, and he calls Tina his little almond cookie. That's also not horrible. He's going to change her from an almond cookie to an egg roll. <laughs> Get it? So, uh, essentially, he's going to brainwash Doc and the Metal Men. They to, try to resist. Yeah. yeah. They're going to turn against America. They start chanting, hooray for America, to try to ward off the brainwashing, but it's no good. Eventually, they're all saying, down with America. Right? Chanting. <laughs> So Dr. Yes orders the robot to take the metal men back to America. They're still chanting down with America. He's going to march them right into Yankee Stadium where the school children of America are holding an I am an American day rally. <laughs> I am an American day. I'm being so quiet because I, I have lost that text that I wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I, I'm I, I, we must have passed it. It's okay. Um, so, hooray, the children are so gleeful that the metal men are there to help them celebrate uh, I Am an American Day. I guess they would be gleeful if these are the only superheroes on the planet. I'd rather have, like, Superman or Wonder Woman, somebody. Even Than the metal men, of course. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, the children are demanding a speech. Let's hear the metal men speak about democracy. <laughs> now... We spent a lot of time talking about the metalmen. Do you really want to hear them speak to a stadium full of people about democracy? No, they scream. They just they, yell and, and scream at each stupid. other all the time and they quarrel. Yeah. Um, the metalmen are trying to resist. They realize that they are brainwashed. They realize that they are being forced to stay down with America. But they are valiantly trying to resist. And they do something very, very... Uh, they'd make a sacrifice. 
Yes. Yeah. These robots kill themselves yeah. rather than denounce America. They kill themselves. They short-circuit their responsimeters with rending force and uh, burst into... They're parts. They just, they're parts. Yeah, they just... Component pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Egg-Fu... Not Egg-Fu. Dr. Yes. Sorry. They look so much alike. <laughs> uh, orders his robot to... Destloy. Destloy. Uh, the school children. But the metal men parts spring to life individually and attack the robot. It is extraordinary. And burst it into... They just pulverize it. They pulverize it, yeah. Um, Doc Magnus stumbles from the litter of junk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overwhelmed with emotion that the metal men sacrifice themselves. Yeah. And these plucky school children gather up the pieces, the pieces of, of the, the metal, metal men, men to deliver them to Doc Magnus so he can attempt to rebuild them. Yeah. And so, once again, the genius inventor desperately employs all the wizardry of modern science in the greatest metal recovery operation of his career. He tries doesn't he? Time and again, his efforts results in nothing. And he's afraid he's failed again. But just then, the metal men wake up. Alive Hurrah! and good. Yes. Um, now, the metal men are in this sick bay of sorts. Why do they need to be covered with sheets? Oh, just so we'll know that they aren't alive. Well, okay. I mean, they're robots. It's stupid. So um, I guess we could assume if they're not moving, they're not. Alive. I mean, of all the comics we read, I like the middleman the least. Um, I'd have to go with uh, Bob Hope or Jerry Lewis. Oh, okay. That, but, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not at the top of my list. No, no, no. I love the idea of the middleman. I love the metal men when they appear with other heroes. Yeah. As we'll see in a moment. In a moment, yeah. But, uh, yeah, all this just. The screaming and the bickering. And the, and the, oh, it's so frustrating. Um, anyway, the metal men's next assault on your senses will startle you as never before, we are promised. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But we have one more surprise waiting. What do we have? We have a team up with the Metal Man and Metamorpho, awesome. the Element Man. Be right back. Metamorpho, 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 Metamorpho. This is the story of the Element Man. Metamorpho, Metamorpho, starts out in old Egypt land. Metamorpho, Metamorpho, Rex Mason was his real name. Metamorpho, metamorpho, a soldier of fortune didn't care about fame. Metamorpho, metamorpho, until fate took a hand in the game. What a change, so strange. Metamorpho, 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 metamorpho. Trapped in a pyramid, he saw a light. Metamorpho, metamorpho. 
glowing meteorite. Metamorpho, metamorpho, shooting cosmic rays stronger than the sun through his body and brain. And when it was done, there, yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah, 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 there, stood the element metamorpho. One of the instances I yelled out loud with anger, um, blocked by the Patriots robots self-sacrifice, right? Because they just they just exploded themselves. Right. And uh, he yells to the robot, darn clever, these American lobots, but I can still do big league damage with my Mandarin-sized lobot. Robot! I mean lobot! Destroy everything in sight! So he corrects himself. Um, yeah. Very, very inappropriate racial stereotyping silliness. I mean, I probably would have gotten a big kick out of that when I was eight years old. Well, it's but a, yeah. I also was not aware of what was happening in the world. Yeah. Then. Well, anyway, look what we have coming up now. The greatest team up ever. The big and the bold. Oh, excuse me, the brave and the bold. The brave and the bold. Presents the greatest team, team up, up ever. ever. I might disagree with that. Yeah. But it's Metamorpho, the element man, and the metal men in Brave and Bold number 66. Holy Hannah, this is a team up? Those mad metal men have flipped their rivets and are tearing the element, element man to bits. Metamorpho, metamorpho. I keep wanting to say elephant man, which would be a very different team up. Yes, it would. Um, this is a great cover by Ramona Fredon, co-creator of Metamorpho, the element man. Mm-hmm. Still with us today, still drawing. You can get us order a sketch from her right now. Really? Yes. Maybe I will. What do you want a sketch of? Jerry Lewis, I bet. Oh, no. He's your favorite. No. No. I don't care. Do I have to answer that? Doctor, yes? No, just don't care. Okay. Thank you. Green Lantern? Yes, I'd love that. Oh, now <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> Since I became the one and only Element Man, not me, I'm talking in the voice of Metamorpho. <clears throat> Since I became the one and only Element Man characters, that's you, the audience, I've tangled my molecules with everything from crazy skyscrapers to booby-trapped bulls. But, like, I still get a tingle down my silicon spine thinking about the story you're about to devour. When I unleashed the menace of the century, those fabulous Metal Men, and I either had to write off the whole world or... Wreck the Renegade Robots. Now, do you think his voice sounds like that? Who? Maybe it sounds like this. Metamorpho? Yes. No, he's got a rich, manly voice oh. because he's an adventurer, Rex oh. Mason. Yes. Um, we either have to accept that Metamorpho also exists on this weird, uh, poorly written alternate Earth, 
or that the Metal Men exist on the prime DC Earth and just happen to be able to watch people's secret identities on television. I don't think eight-year-olds were thinking that about that back then. But the writers knew better. Listen, when right? I was eight years old, I could have told you every parallel Earth that existed in the universe and who lived on which Earth. And, and then you could have. Yeah. I still could if you press me. <laughs> um, of course, there's all different alternate Earths now. Everything's changed so much. I've outgrown, you know. Those sorts of things. Yet I could not understand why Superboy was in the future with the Legion of Superheroes. You couldn't time travel befuddled to me. Oh. It's your it's your Achilles heel, I suppose, time travel. <laughs> and Superboy. Hmm? Yes. Uh anyway. In the lab of Simon Stagg, Tycoon Genius, a familiar scene is being repeated once again. What's the familiar scene? Well, Metamorpho. Uh, wants to be changed back to yes himself. Uh, Metamorpho, of course, is engaged to Simon Stagg's daughter Sapphire, mm-hmm. which uh, enrages Simon Stagg because Metamorpho is a freak, and also his hired uh, henchman, or henchman, sort of right. uh, strong arm, strong arm, strong arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, we have Java, the unfrozen caveman. Unfrozen caveman thing. Java. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Simon says, even... Huh, Simon says, see what I did there? Simon Stagg says, even if I found a cure for you, I wouldn't use it. You're too valuable to me in your element man state. And don't try any rough stuff, because if you harm me, you lose Sapphire forever. So, Rex. Yeah. A.K.A. Metamorpho. Mm-hmm. Decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go see the smartest man in the world, Dr. Will Magnus. Now, does Sapphire, uh, do they ha- does she have relations with uh, Rex in his, ele- in, in his metamorpho form? I mean, I don't think anybody was uh, thinking through that very much in okay. these times. Uh, metamorpho does wear black square-cut swim trunks. Mm-hmm. So... Presumably, he has junk to cover, yeah, which he could uh, form into any shape which he wants, mm-hmm. made of any element that he that exists in the human body. Okay, so we don't need to go any farther. Than no. That. Okay. Uh, so Metamorpho sneaks out in the dead of night to the famed headquarters of the Metal Men. Mm-hmm. Um, where the metal men are engaged in uh, a ball of catch, a ball of catch, a game of catch, <laughs> throwing around a game of ball catch, a, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> sometimes known as a marble, the, a half ton marble. Um, they're using a half ton medicine ball. Yeah, yeah throwing it back. That's and forth. fine. That's fine. I mean, they're metal. Do they really need to exercise? Why don't they just one of them just roll up like a pill bug and they throw them around? <laughs> then everybody can have some fun. Preferably Tina. <laughs> um, so uh, to get her to shut up once in a while. Oh snap! Well, she's about to cry here again. Yeah, it's kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, Metamorpho dodges the giant medicine ball, and the metal men are just overjoyed to meet Metamorpho. Yeah, Look at his profile. Like he doesn't really have a nose. No, he doesn't. But he, yeah, he doesn't in that form. 
Um, well, that doesn't make sense. He could form a nose for himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's too much concentration. Who knows? Um, it's weird. It's like... But he doesn't have a, a, a he, like he he has a very small nose, like a little pug nose, because yeah, like a, he because he, he hasn't he hasn't just lost the cartilage and therefore it's just a holes in right. like, it's like, like a, a skull. Vol- it's like a Voldemort yeah situation. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Metamorpho f- tracks down Doc Magnus, who's uh, up on some kind of precarious catwalk kind of. Thing. How do you even get Looking up there? Like, well, it look it kind of looks like there's like a crane lifting him up, but it's mm. not. What's he working on, Bob? Well, it's some kind of a giant uh, world shaking project, mm-hmm. like he works within on. his vast lab complex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Metamorpho lays out his scheme. He wants uh, Doc Magnus to cure him of his metamorphoness. Change him back to Rex Mason. Yes. Uh, which sends Tina into paroxysms of Look grief, at her crying. realizing that Sapphire has someone who loves her, which she would be so happy if Doc felt that it's way. all about her. Uh, she well, would, she's programmed that way. Yes. She would happily be melted into scrap if only Doc would say that he loves her. Mm. Um, so... Doc says, fine, I can't see why anybody with your powers would want to change, but I will do my best. But it'll be risky. You may not survive. Metamorpho says, that's sorry. fine. I don't care. Uh, whatever it takes. Right. I'm willing to take the risk. Right. So, meanwhile. Meanwhile, back at the lair. Uh, we have someone on... Uh, Professor Kurt Borian, Borian. is uh, on the Lex phone mm-hmm. observing this scene. It turns out Dr. Borian was also a scientist uh, who was shipwrecked on a desert island for 15 years. 15 years. While there, he managed to scrounge some equipment from the wrecked boat and created a laboratory created a laboratory and invented metallic robots of his own right so then he created a radio at, which you could have done anytime i think uh, i would have done that first first yeah so 15 years on the island he creates a radio and um radios for help and he comes to back to america and gathers in front of an audience of scientists and experts and says, gentlemen, for 15 long years, I labored on that island perfecting the greatest inventions. Now I present to you my intelligent robots, iron, mercury, lead, tin, and gold. He has no idea that the metal men exist. No. Uh, Ridiculed by the other scientists because they reveal that they, there are other uh, metal robots who have been around for years and are widely acclaimed as patriots and heroes mm-hmm. and also better designed oh, yeah. than Professor Borean's robots. Honestly, they're kind of clunky. Um, Professor Borean says, uh, all those years of work wasted. Mm-hmm. It's too much for me to bear. Will Magnus says, don't be dejected, Professor. We, it's fine. You know, Your robots are great. Let's we work, can work together. together. But no, he's not having nope. nothing of it. Um, so he goes off to plot his uh, revenge, revenge against Doc Magnus. And we go. So now 
the let's get back to the metamorpho uh, plot line. Yeah, so Doc Magnus has sent the metal man off to gather various materials that he will need for his cure. So gold... Iodine salts from the bottom of the sea. Yeah, as Mercury is gathering up some... Uh, something. Oh, He's in a coal mine. Oh yeah, what is he getting? Um... Oxides. Some oxides, which he's amalgamating into his own body. Iron has to catch a couple of meteorites. As they crash to the earth. Lead, for some reason, needs some rattlesnake venom. So he's wearing some sort of a plastic gathering device around his hand, and the rattlesnakes strike his hands. And it is at this point when Professor Borean is following lead. Lead, because he's the silliest of... The stupidest, the stupidest, you can say it. Okay, it's the fine. stupidest of them all. And um, plants a device on the back of lead. Yeah. Some kind of little tracking device or something. Mm-hmm. Now, of all the materials that uh, needed to be gathered, it seems like rattlesnake venom is something that you could order through the mail. Or maybe it was the easiest thing that lead. I mean, everybody wanted to feel like they were involved in some sort of oh, thing. So, yeah. You know, lead, I need you to do something very important for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, back, they all come to headquarters. Doc Magnus has this sophisticated x-ray device at his front door so that he can ensure that no uh, unauthorized materials get into his lab. Well, it doesn't work, does it? Well, it doesn't work on lead because mm. x-rays can't, can't penetrate, penetrate lead. lead, as everybody who reads Superman comics knows. Um, so lead just waltzes right through the door with his device on his back. With his <laughs> right arm all covered in rattlesnake, rattlesnake goo. goo. Um, Metamorpho is implanted into a strange device and then lowered into the... Uh, gurgling cauldron which Doc Magnus has prepared to cure him. We get a little cutaway of Sapphire mooning over a photograph of Rex wishing that she knew what he was up to and waiting for him to come back. And Simon Stagg sends a bunch of armed goons out to find Metamorpho and and bring him back. Um, Meanwhile, the The metal metal men are pacing, waiting during the procedure... To find yes. out the results, and then something happens. All of a sudden, they all just pass out. Yeah, just fall to the floor. Yeah, inert. Um. So, meanwhile, Doc Magnus fishes Metamorpho out of the soup, and he is astonished to see that it worked. He yep. has cured Metamorpho. He's changed it back into Rex Mason, handsome, rugged fella. Hmm. Um. Rex is overjoyed. And is brought out into the waiting room to meet the metal men who all of a sudden have turned against. Now look at Rex's profile. He, his nose isn't that pronounced. It's not. It's, it's not uh, a Roman nose. I would say aquiline. Is that what we call it? Aquiline. I don't An know that word. An aquiline nose. I think that's it when it's long and narrow. Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh. What's the meaning of this, Doc Brandis said? The, uh, the metal men say, it means that the reality doesn't differ from the appearance, and it appears that we no longer serve you as goody-goody slaves, but as robots of revenge, evil, and terror. So Doc goes in to help Metamorpho become Rex Mason and comes out of the procedure, and all of his metal men are changed. Yeah. They are now evil. Even mild little tin. Mm-hmm. We don't... Nameless isn't here. She must be out. 
shopping, shopping or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I can approve of one bit of this. The is turning of Tina? That Tina is now a badass and she doesn't give two shits about dog She's redness. finally actualized. You know, she's like a Lucy Lane now. Yeah, yeah. She's I wasted the best years of girl's life on you, but now you revolt me. Thank God. Finally, she's just sitting back and going, I don't need you. I love her. She just throws herself down in a chair. Mm-hmm. Crosses her legs and plays with her nails. a girl. Um, That's a Tina I want to see more of. Yes. So, uh, the metal men are talking about the master. Maybe if you want to join the master, we might be able to negotiate. Now, Professor Borean has, has re-outfitted himself, come right into the laboratory. Yeah. With a cape. With, with a high cape. collar. Now, that high collar. I was thinking about that when I was reading that. I was like, how does he get that collar to stay up? There must be some some, uh, some cording or some underwire in there. Underwire, keeps, I bet. Yeah. 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 Um, or it's just always windy wherever he goes. <laughs> Sorry, gas. Um, Rex, uh, you know, says, I'll, don't worry, I'll fix everything as metamorph. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's forgotten. Oh. Um, so Professor Borean orders the metal men to lock uh, Will and Rex in a radioactive vault, which yes. is full of uh, atomic waste. Which you, you know, one should always have keeping kept inside their laboratory. In their headquarters, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe he uses it for fuel for something. Oh, yes, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, That flying saucer mm-hmm. is not going to fly itself. So the metal men leave with Professor Borean. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Doc... Uh, God, what is his name? Magnus, Doc Magnus. Doc Magnus is watching them leave. No, Rex. Rex is watching them leave. And Doc Magnus says, you know, um, we can get out of here. Yeah. There's a trap door that I've put in here. A secret exit, just in case someone gets locked in here. Right. Um, Rex is, like, taking off... Ready to go to war, Doc says, listen, we don't stand a chance. Two men with only our bare hands. And once again, Rex has forgotten that he's not metamorpho. So what does he ask? He says, if I were metamorpho, I could easily handle that Borean buster and his metal puppets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doc, there's only one way. I got to change back to Element Man. He hasn't even been Rex Mason for a day. No. Like... Ten minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc says, I think I can reverse the effect, but I'm not sure I can ever cure you again if I do. Thank you. Will you take that chance? Well, he will, because he's an American hero. <laughs> um, so, Metamorpho and... Uh, well, first, we should say the Metal Men go to Simon Stagg's mansion and attack it. Capture Simon, Sapphire, and Java. Um, Professor Borean reveals that he has taken over the Metal Men and reveal that Metamorpho no longer exists. Yes, so he's not Tina's coming. Notice too. In yeah. Chair. Did she bring that chair with her? I think she might have brought that <laughs> chair with her. <laughs> it's a beautiful little, what do you call those Eames chairs? Is it what they're called? The, yeah, those Love curvy. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Simon's like, oh, no, Rex is cured. He's not going to rescue us. Sapphire is delighted, of course, because mm-hmm. now she can not have to do any weird sex stuff. Um, <laughs> but all of a sudden, here comes Metamorpho showing up. Right back. Rex lover. Metalman, get him. 
Metal Man Attack. Mm-hmm. And how Tinsy <laughs> biting his ear. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, Metamorpho uh, escapes easily just by turning to gas. And uh, now we have a big battle royale. Now, this is what I'd like to see more of in the Metal Men. Them changing into... Them Voltroning into a single thing. Okay. Um, they form themselves... You've taken a noun and turned it into a, a verb. Voltroning. That's a verb. Voltroning. Everybody, everybody knows what I mean when I say Voltroning. I mean, we know, but it, it's Voltron as a, as a noun. It's, it's also a, a verb, yes. I'm going to Voltron. Voltron is an amalgamation of robots. Is five robots that join together into one. Okay. Would it be easier on you if I said morph? Let's morph into a no, giant it's not, robot. It's not a displeasure. It's it's not <laughs> uncomfortable for me to hear it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, they form themselves into tank. <laughs> yeah, they do. And fire upon metamorpho. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I'm just trying to stay true to my character, that's all, in, in this podcast. <laughs> uh, Metamorpho is knocked unconscious for a moment, but he forms his arm into a bazooka of iron with magnesium metal piercing gunpowder powdered rocket. You don't want to screw around with Metamorpho. No. He's really good at what he does. Well, he's a soldier of fortune, yeah. an American hero, and apparently... And, uh, and very clever with elements. He knows exactly what to combine and what, and what ways to create the things that he wants. Now, is there gunpowder in the human body? Oh, he says, I need a bazooka of iron and magnesium, metal-piercing gunpowder, powdered... I, well, I don't know. I mean, doesn't he, isn't he able to create uh, from his imagination and from the elements um, both organic and inorganic matter? Well, yes, but my understanding is that he can only uh, use elements which exist within the human body. So iron, yes. Magnesium, yes. Gunpowder is not an element, first of all. Gunpowder needs ammonia, doesn't it? There's ammonia in, in, the, in the human body. Well, uh, yes. <coughs> I've never made gunpowder. So I'm not exactly sure what it consists of. No, we only ever bought it at the store. Well, I, I've never even bought it as a child. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, my, my parents didn't send me to the store for gunpowder, but I did go to the gun um, shop with my. Hello, Mister Olson. I'll have a pennies worth of gunpowder, uh, please. <laughs> I did go and a peppermint stick to the to the gun shop with my stepfather, and he would buy uh, casings and gunpowder, and he would make his own bullets. Uh huh. And he would melt down lead. That you could get from the junkyard, the lead that they use to balance tires. Uh huh. He'd melt that lead down on our stovetop in a cauldron, and then pour it into transfer it to a bullet press. Pour the liquid lead into the bullet press. It would cool, and then he would unclamp it, and the bullets would pop out. He what? made these bullets at home. What could be more wholesome or natural? In our kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gunpowder. I don't think any of our readers, readers, listeners, yes, had any sort of similar experience in their homes. I Me challenge no, any of our that. listeners to know, did, did, did any of your parents make bullets in your house? Challenge accepted. Okay. Uh, Gunpowder is a mixture of sulfur, charcoal, and potassium nitrate. 
potassium nitrate. So I might question charcoal. I mean, I guess it's just carbon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so okay. I guess that checks out. Uh, Metamorpho forms his arm into a bazooka and attacks the metal man tank. Blows them apart. Blows them apart. It blows them into their individual parts, right. so it doesn't. It doesn't. They don't dissemble um, like they did in the disassemble like they right, did right, in the right, last right, issue. Right. However, Ooh. they reform into a locomotive yeah. with Tina, Tina laying legs. down the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's legs, to be precise, mm-hmm. form themselves into a railroad track, um, a sentient railroad track which can follow Metamorpho wherever he goes. So that train, that locomotive, is chasing after him. Um, so Metamorpho <laughs> turns himself into a revolving wheelhouse of sorts uh, so that the, when the train comes onto his tracks, he can spin it around. Uh, that would at, take an incredible amount of force. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so too late for them to avoid getting onto... Metamorphose tracks they are spun around and thrown off into so the they, 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 they're, they're no longer in, uh, assembled in the form of a locomotive they are back to their individual bodies right now oh look they did they turn did themselves into, into a, a giant, giant medicine, medicine ball. ball yes see I love this when they uh, they even have a battle cry. Amalgamate! <laughs> if they were doing this in Metal Men comics with badass Tina and forming themselves into giant things, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Uh, they take off after Metamorpho, but he turns his right leg into a giant metal boot and kicks them into the mansion. The mansion, yeah. Um, finally... The metal men form themselves into a mortar and pestle kind of thing Mm. with Metamorpho trapped inside. They're using lead as the mortar to Mm -hmm. crush him and squeeze the life out out of him. But he converts himself into oil. Um. And under the great pressure of the crushing of lead, it heats up the oil until it Explode. Explodes. Uh, which Metamorpho helpfully explains to the crowd. Mm-hmm. By converting myself to oil and letting that piston compress me so I heated up to the ignition point, I kicked your metal pals with a power stroke, just like in a diesel engine. Well, that's helpful scientific knowledge. Yeah. I appreciated that. Um, I, mean, I, I thought that was right, 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 right. Um, So... Professor Borean orders the metal men to try again, or I will melt you down to scrap, you weak-willed pieces of junk. So, Lead obeys. Yeah. Lead grabs Metamorpho in a giant bear hug. Metamorpho converts himself into a copper heating coil. Right. And he um, begins to heat melt. Up. Since lead. he knows that lead melts at a low temperature. Yes, as I just talked to you about with the making of bullets. Uh-huh. 143 degrees. I, I looked that up earlier. So, Dr. Borean says, realizes what's about to happen. He says, low, lead, break off, break off, break off. But the dull-witted, but good-hearted metal man 
has only one thought on his slow-acting response meter to destroy Metamorpho and please the master. Exactly. Well, the melting of lead reveals the device that Professor Borean had planted on his back. It looks kind of like a, the, a head, a, an arrowhead, but no, 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 a, the head of a lance, like a sort of a... Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which uh, is then smashed to pieces by Metamorpho's uh, fist of right. some kind of element. Um Instantly, the metal men are freed of the control of Professor Borean. They have no idea what's going on. And Professor Borean is lassoed. By gold. Yes. My job's over, Metamorpho says. Mm -hmm. That proves that the metal men are really themselves. Doc Magnus says, you sacrificed your normal life to help free my robots from Borean's evil control. How can I ever thank you, element man? Mm Mm-hmm. He says, that's easy, Doc. Keep trying to duplicate that cure. Maybe next time I won't have to take an antidote and play Metamorpho. The So, he, I mean, let's assume this has all happened within 24 hours. Uh-huh. So within the last 24 hours, he has been converted from Metamorpho to himself. Yes. And then back to Metamorpho. Yes. Is it out of the realm of possibility that it could be duplicated very quickly? Like, can't they all just go? Well, can't they all just do like? Can't they all just go? <sighs> okay, let's go back to the lab. Um, you'd think so, but uh, there's something here in the text that we read um, on page 13. Mm-hmm. As Rex is dressing in normal human clothes, Doc Magnus says, "I'm not even sure why the reaction worked, Rex." I know I had the right elements, but what exact combination triggered your return to normal, I haven't figured out yet. Well, I see. Okay. I mean, that seems like sloppy science to me, but... Maybe it's magic. Oh, you bastard, Robert. You can find us on social media at Go Go Check Pod. 